You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Desperate Housewives After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424 424- 256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Desperate Housewives After Show. Hey everybody, how you doing? I am Derek Shore. Welcome back to another week of Desperate Housewives, Season 8, Episode 17. And look, special guest Roxy Stryer, she's back with us. Am I considered a special guest now? Well, That's you've how been long gone for been? so long that the, the audience probably doesn't know who you are anymore, but I'm glad to have you back. That and, makes uh, me sad. No, we could never forget about you. Of course not. Okay, but at least I know our intro, okay? So I have to start out by saying... What is this new intro? Hello, everybody. Bing is for doing, so we are here doing another AfterBuzz TV after show, season 8 of Desperate Housewives, episode 17. But before we do anything else, our host, Derek Shore, and also Roxy Stryer, and now we do... You know, you drop do as many times as you can because that's Bing's whole thing. Wait, that's really the intro yeah, yeah. that we're supposed to be saying? <laughs> By the way, fun fact, I actually know the guy who started Bing.com and sold it, and he is a gajillionaire. True story. I wish I had a gajillion dollars in my left pocket. I know. You know what? I'm such a name dropper. It's annoying. And I know that oh, uh, we don't want to get caught up in Roxy's return as the expi- excitement of this week's episode. I was kind of bummed out. I had such high hopes for this week's episode since last week. The very last thing we saw was Susan and Mike. And by the way, we will get back to you and welcoming you back. But we can't not acknowledge the fact that Mike Delfino is now dead. Right. And Susan, in the last episode, she was left on her front doorstep with his chest just gushing blood. And she's, of course, screaming. That was a pretty awful, awful way to end the last episode. But I've got to say, this week's episode, I was not feeling the tear. I didn't tear up once. You know what? I wanted to come back and be Mrs. Positive. I was going to walk in here and say, you know what? I haven't been in here in weeks. This episode was great. Let's get right into this. Let's kill it. I don't want to be the negative person who's been missing out on all these shows, but what the hell's going on? Yeah, well, you should speak your mind. I mean, I know that plenty of the viewers out there are probably going to disagree with us because we were texted uh, earlier, or at least I was, someone, uh, Stormy Woods, Southern Siren, tweeted at me that she was crying throughout tonight's episode. And uh, and that's great. If if it was touching for a lot of people, then, then great. The flashback stuff, I'm not sure if I was crazy about it. And Susan's performance, I don't know, I guess. I have been more upset when Susan, I don't know, was accidentally walked in naked to her art class. This, to me, did uh-huh. not, I was not connecting the dots and feeling the emotion. I feel really bad. I really like Terry Hatcher. I think she, usually A+, plus. I'll give it to her. I don't know what's going on with her right now. I just thought that she gave 
one of the worst performances possible, as if I could see the makeup artists coming in, putting saline solution in her eyes, <laughs> making them water, walking out, filming it, having to stop, then go back in, cutting the camera. Like, I'm not even kidding you. It was all here, nothing deeper, and I, I could just tell she wasn't fooling me. And I understand how somebody could look at that and say, oh, she's such a great actress. Look at her. She's crying. She's crying hysterically. She's throwing her body against Mike's. I thought that was one of the worst performances I've ever seen her give. Yeah, you know, I was not believing it either, and I think part of it may have been the fact that... In the very beginning of this week's episode, we saw her sitting there on the couch, maybe, and Julie, her daughter, was there before the pastor came over and knocked on the front door, and her hair looked perfect. I know they went a little, they downplayed her makeup a little and made her look a little more au naturel. My feeling is knowing Susan's character as well as we know her, I would imagine her in a robe or sweatpants on the sofa with a pile of Kleenex and just... And ice cream. Blubbering. You know, just a disheveled mess. And yes. you know, she seemed a bit shell-shocked, though. I mean, I will I will say, uh, you know, people handle a situation like this death a little differently, and I know that it's a very surreal experience when someone close to you dies. And so maybe she was just shell-shocked. If shell-shocked was the choice that she was making, it needed to be a stronger choice. Because this was... Oh no, my goldfish. That was so weird. How'd that happen? What a bummer. What a bummer. Instead, she needed to make a choice. I don't think they said to her, listen, you need to be shell-shocked. Listen, you need to cry. I think as an actress, she was like, I think this is what it would look like. And I'm sorry because I know that we're mostly audio. But for the people who are watching, to me it was like, okay, let me freeze my face like this as long as I can. And then nobody will notice what's really, I'm really thinking about, oh, do, oh, are tears coming? Oh, don't blink. Let me look into the light. So I'm not even kidding you. That's- I think you have a future in directing. Thank you. I think you really do. I Thank mean, you. But, and, and in thinking about this, too, <laughs> I get more upset. I mean, my boyfriend, Matt, who's here in the studio with us tonight. I get, refuses to come on the show for some he reason. He refuses. I know. We tried. Even don't even, No, we had a little issue in the car. It's best not to pressure him into doing things he doesn't want, which I learned about him tonight. But uh, <laughs> we... Um, we were sorry. I was going to say. How did you get mad as dimples? I know he's so cute. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> I have more separation anxiety. I would look more upset than Susan did if Matt just leaves me for the day to go to work, or he'll you know he'll go to the grocery store. I'm going to Philly this week. For Thanks for that sound effect, Paul. I mean, it's true. I have to leave town for a few days, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, am I going to survive without him? So, Susan, you're right. I think it was a little downplayed, and I wish you had directed the episode. And, oh my gosh, I would have killed it. No, I would have no idea what I'm doing. But also, Julie, like, she just didn't care which outfit, which one looks better. Like, I get that you're trying to comfort your mom and that this isn't your father, but... You've got to care a little bit. I mean... You are too young to be so bitter, Roxy. <laughs> what gives? Seriously. You're right. You're right. Did you okay. like anything about tonight's episode? And you know what? There's got to be someone out there who liked tonight's episode. If you did or if you didn't, feel free to call us. 424-7... No, 256-256-1633. We're in Studio B tonight, so I'm still learning the number. 424-256-1633. If you Is have any it? thoughts about the 1633? show... 1-6-3-3? Yeah, one six three three, right? One six three three. You're the one who gave me the number. I oh, Paul right. Arrow gave pa- us the number. Oh gosh, what a disaster! <laughs> if you can get through the phone lines, call us and share your thoughts about the episode. I do have a few <laughs> things that I liked about the episode, but okay. I'd love to hear you come up with one first. Here's what I liked about the episode. Okay, 
if I didn't watch and it. And that's enough. Okay, my <laughs> turn. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, if I, no, and I, I, I was going to make a joke at the same time you did, and you stepped on my toes there. <laughs> Go for it. No, okay. If I wasn't watching the episode, and you described to me the episode, I, I like the premise of it. I like that we were going with the flashbacks, and that they were leading up to where we were, and people were making decisions about their life based on a death, and the very end of it, when Susan finally looks back, and I mean, looks forward and realizes all the things that she's not going to be able to do, and I like, I enjoyed the thought of that. How it was executed was completely wrong. The writing, the acting, I it was all. You know, but it, it was, I like yeah. the idea. It was a little off. I mean, even Gabby, who I think, I think this season has been so so tightly written. I think the acting has been phenomenal. This has been amazing. This Gabby's is why had so, so many great one liners. What was that one liner that Gabby said tonight? I even wrote it back because it didn't even. It didn't even. Oh, she was talking about the girls when there was the flashback of the girls, and it was back during Gabby's frumpy phase, and the girls were using their their air horns or yeah. like ringing bells to get her to come and bring, bring the tray of food whatever, up there. Yeah. And she said something about, oh, the girls, the the food is just coming out one, one end or it's coming out both ends, either uh, their mouths or their butts or it was just... Yeah, it doesn't stop. It's always coming out of their mouth and if not out of their mouth, it's out of their butt. Right, yeah, it didn't work for me and they've been so, they've been so great with the writing so, that... Such a wah-wah. The whole thing was like... I think you know? the bummer for me is, had this been any other season, had this been any other episode, I I really could have enjoyed it a little more. I think the fact that we only have four, five episodes left, and, I mean, now or never, people. It's not only that, it's that this is such a monumental moment. Mike's death is the most massive thing that's happened on Wisteria Lane all season. Yeah. This is a huge deal, and last week we have all these different. They they don't want you to know who's who could die. So we've got uh, Juanita who's about to fall out the window. Carl's going after her. people talking about suicide. There's all different things you don't know what's going to happen. Karen and McClough's finally, Karen McC- exactly, exactly, and finally we see that Mike's the one who dies, and this. We end on that. So we're on such a high note. Oh, my gosh, what just happened? And then we start this week's episode, which could be amazing. There's so much emotion involved. There's so many stories about somebody's life. This is a human's life. And the ball was completely dropped. And I would have preferred to see flashbacks of actual episodes instead of made-up stuff. Right, so that we could at least be nostalgic about it. But these were flashbacks that... I mean, if they if we had actual episodes that worked and we were like, I remember that, and yes, Mike does teach them that lesson, and yes, that does happen, then it would have worked for me. But because the writers were just like, how can we make this story work? Let's add this and pretend that we had this ten years ago, or six seasons ago. What? You know, this is pull awful to say. The most, I agree. If they could pull from what they had in past seasons, that would have been phenomenal. This, uh, the thing that was most memorable for me about the flashback, I hate even admitting this, was that horrible wig that Tom was wearing <laughs> in the Tom and Lynette flashback when they're supposedly on one of their very first dates. Date number one. Was that the first one? Right, because she said she doesn't have sex until the third date, so they needed two more. Oh, okay. And she had on that great blonde Barbie wig, and she offered to pay the bill. The The Tom wig was just out of control. I mean, was he in a garage band or something? Totally did not work for me. But I appreciate the fact that they... 
try to make these characters look younger and they do the flashback. Yeah. We see Carlos and Gabby before they're getting married and Carlos's mother. It's kind of nice to have the perspective. I mean, as long as we're talking about Carlos and Gabby, remember the mother who Carlos's mother who was hit by the car by Andrew Bree's son. Right. Right. So she al- Gabby always had a tumultuous relationship with her mother-in-law. And so I think one thing we did get from that flashback tonight was a bit of perspective about how their relationship started. Mm-hmm. Carlos's mom is very overprotective. She's looking out for him. She doesn't want him to buy Gabby a very expensive wedding dress because she says, Carlos, if you buy her that dress, that woman is going to bleed you dry. Essentially, right. you're setting a precedent and she's going to be asking right. for all these expensive things. Mm-hmm. And Carlos steps in and says, you know what? One more derogatory thing about Gabby, you don't come to the wedding. And that was a great moment for Gabby to be like, see, I gotcha. I won the battle. I got your son. So I thought I thought that was useful to see that, right? Yeah. So we, we saw the beginnings and, and we understood people's relationships, but I, I don't really understand, so what? So I, why did they? It's why, why that moment? Why did we want to see Gabby trumping Carlos's mother? Well, here's my theory. Can I give you my theory? Okay. I think it's because yes, the series is winding down. Obviously, we all know there's only a few episodes left. But I think there are they're using Mike's death as a vehicle to tie up a bunch of loose ends and to sort of say, okay, this is where the series has gone, but let's tie it all back to where we first started eight seasons ago. And it's not, even though it's eight seasons ago, it's not eight years ago. It's much more than that. Because remember, there was that whole period of time when the Scavo kids went from eight years old to like 18 years old. Right. right. There was a whole 10 year period right. or and so. And Gabby turned yeah. fat and ugly. And Gabby was really just kind of frumpy. Yeah. And she's so much funnier when she's rich, isn't she? Yeah. So I think that, I think they're using Mike's death as a vehicle to sort of wrap up some of these. But that's the thing that I don't understand. Death is causes everybody to take a look at their own lives because we're human and thinking about mortality and it just, it causes people, it causes issues. Issues come up, what's really important to you. And I thought that this episode really could have addressed that, but it didn't. And I hope we're going to see a little more next week because in previews from last week for this week, there was something between Tom and Lynette about, uh, well, now they know what's really important, maybe them getting back together, but we don't see that. It's not the initial reaction of all these characters, which is in real life what I think is the initial reaction. This person's dead. You mourn, but you also think about your own of life. Of course. No, but I think I there was No, there was a bit of that because think about the scene in in last week's episode, Carlos announces to Gabby that he wants to quit his job. Right. He feels like he's been taking advantage of people and so he wants to do something that's going to help people right. for the greater good. And he decides he wants to become a therapist. In this week's episode, we saw that conversation come full circle because he is reflecting and, and evaluating and he had already started that process before Mike died but now that Mike is dead that's helped Gabby get on board with his idea and remember in in tonight's episode she said you know what if you want to become a therapist if you want to leave your job that's fine I will support you so in some ways I think people are examining their own lives and that's been kind of a recurring theme these past few episodes where we've heard these reminders if you love someone you should tell them Tell them before it's too late. 
I think we're also seeing a bit of this between Tom and Lynette because it's been our theory the entire time that they're going to get back together. I still think they will. 100%. Okay, good. Because last week when you weren't here, I Jane really made her move. I <sighs> mean, did you see you saw last week's episode, right? Yeah, today. I called her time. a raging bitch in last week's episode because I thought, you know what? I hate her. Too soon. It's 3 months after the separation with Lynette and Tom and already Jane is pissing all over the place to leave her mark. Oh, that's such a crude reference, isn't it? That's disgusting. Sorry, folks, I, but I it's didn't true. I didn't flinch. I thought that it was It's fine. like she's lifting her leg and pissing all over her territory to let people know. Her territory. It's just gross. I mean, that character, We in tonight's episode, too, we saw that when Tom shows up and Lynette is clearly having a hard time with Mike's death and she says, I can't believe I'm not going to see him walk out of that door one more time and they go to hug and the moment that happens you see Jane like and she comes up and puts her arm on Tom and says we should go honey puts her arm on Tom this must be really hard for you Lynette yeah. What a total cow. I really dislike that. And I think that, that this flashback did serve, as you were just saying, you, you don't think that it that it showed people evaluating their lives. I think Lynette and Tom. I get it. I think Mike's death is, I mean, as tragic as it is for some people, um, it's, I think that it's going to be the catalyst that helps them get back together more quickly. Right. But I wish we saw a little more of it in this episode. But at the same time, I'm kind of, um, I'm kind why can't I think of the word? When you say something, you say the other thing, and they... Did you break the rule of no <laughs> drinking before the show? I must have. Well, I certainly true? did. But I had enough. <laughs> the word, uh, the I only contradict. had two. <laughs> it's not a difficult <laughs> word. How many drinks did you have? Seven and a half. No. I con- I'm about to contradict myself, and now I don't even... No, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm This saying. is just a huge apology I, I to, to all of our viewers and <laughs> <our> listeners. <laughs> I mean, Roxy, I get it together. I can hear people laughing in my ear. I know, I that was a good sound cue. That was a good sound I've, cue. I've never gotten well done, that one before. What was I even just saying? Oh, what I, what I was going to say is I feel like at one point I wanted to see more, but then I also wanted to see what happened after, you know, we see the death and then we see the funeral. It was the moments in between that we missed, so I feel like we missed a whole... Ch- I mean... You we- wanted to see them cleaning up the blood from her front no, porch? No, I didn't want to see that, but I didn't want it to skip to... There was no moment of, all of a sudden, she, he's, she's holding him on the ground. Yeah. And the next thing, people are putting on funeral clothes. Yeah, true. I didn't see anything in between. No moment with her there, and I think it was because they probably shot more, and the footage was probably so awful. I'm not even kidding. I'm, I'm not trying to be a bitch, but I really think probably there is more that they shot and they couldn't even use it because it doesn't go. He's down. The most devastating part was skipped over. I feel like they would have used that. Do you know what I mean? So it was I all, wanted them to w- jump to the future, but at the same time, I wanted them to give us more of the now. It was pretty graphic and bloody, though. I mean, in last <laughs> the week's more episode, pushed, the more blood was spurting out. I mean, the blood was spurting out of his chest last week, and it was <laughs> to laugh. It's not funny. No, it was horrible. I mean, w- last week when Mike got when we see the mobster reach out of the car and shoot the gun, and you were the coming to Mike slow motion, and as you as the camera approaches him, he's getting this flashback about everything that's happened in his life. I thought that was really well done where all his whole life, you know, flashback of the wedding and MJ and everything. And then 
right before the bullet hits him, I was thinking, oh, this is actually going to be really tastefully done. And all of a sudden, he gets shot in the chest and slams, you know, his body slams up against the wall. And I was, I kind of winced because it was a little graphic. So I don't know. How do you clean up It wasn't more graphic that I'm saying. I'm saying the emotional response right after the, like you're saying, the initial shock. We don't even know how much time's gone by. You wanted to see see the women, the neighbors. I want to see the women coming over and the shock. What just happened? We hear a gunshot, and the next thing we see is a funeral. I want to see the responses. I want to see. I just feel like so much happened that we missed. Yeah. That was gold. I mean, horrible, but gold for TV. And they skipped over it, which was strange to me. But then once they skipped over it, they skipped to me to the least interesting part, which were going into the past. What do you think is the one thing that the writers could have done with this week's episode, what could they have done differently to make you more satisfied with the way things turn out? I well, know it's a tricky question. No, it is tricky. Thinking but about it myself, like what I was saying is, the only thing they could have done is had a storyline if they were gonna use flashbacks that used actual footage, and and made that work. But I and I think they could have done it. I think they could have pulled from the past and woven it with words together. You know how they do those little, uh, the voiceovers saying, and some people, and had their lessons be within footage that they've shot and figured that out. Yeah. But they didn't. So it was just kind of like, to me, the least interesting part was a made-up flashback, which didn't matter to me anymore. I I feel like I'm being confusing, but do you know what I mean at all? No, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Let's... No, you, no. It's, let's talk All a little bit about Brie for me, a minute. <laughs> Since speaking of booze, let's talk about Brie a little bit. <laughs> this is Fair there is so much going on with her character, and I just don't like where this is going at all. Because one thing Orson did. By the way, no one knows where Orson is this episode. Did he kill himself? Did he drive his wheelchair off the George Washington Bridge? Who knows? And. Bree clearly is headed for trouble because these police detectives, I think they're really trying to avenge Chuck's death. I think they're still really... You think they know that this has anything to do with Chuck's death? No, no, I don't think so. I don't think they've drawn that connection, but I think that because Chuck worked in the department and they had so many connections with him, they just thought... I mean, they even called Bree a bitch in this episode. They even said like that that bitch is finally going to get what she's going to get what she deserves and i don't know i just i feel like she's being unfairly uh wait i think we have a caller on the ha- line that... we have a caller on the line who's our caller what's your name where are you from hi. hey can you hear us yeah hi my name is Susie. hey Susie, what's going on thanks so much for calling in hi Susie. thanks Hi, this is Desperate Housewives, right? Yeah, Obviously. Yeah, yeah, and totally. I can't, but you guys aren't streaming live, but um, I remembered the phone number. From. Anyway, um, so, I, so I can't hear what you guys are talking about. So what are you talking about now? Oh, uh, well, we're talking about tonight's episode. Did you have a chance to watch the episode tonight that essentially had oh. the Mike's funeral and everyone's mourning? Oh, yeah. Death? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what... Yeah, and I, knew, I know what episode. Um, I, were you talking about anything specific so I can well, give we, my... I was saying... Just about the flashbacks in general, how they weren't pulling actual footage from previous shows, but they were making up storylines. Roxy and I, essentially, Susie, Roxy and I were both a bit underwhelmed, and we... 
I mean, we've been known to cry watching Desperate Housewives together tonight. Not a chance. I mean, we were not we were not feeling the emotion yeah. that some other viewers might have felt. So, yeah. what did you think? Well, the well stuff with I liked the flashbacks too, and I liked that they actually brought back Rex and um um and I think maybe Rex is I feel like there's somebody else they brought back, but I like that they actually brought back Rex like for new for new stuff and like it was stuff that we hadn't seen before and um I I didn't I mean I like those I, the only parts where I actually really cried were at where Susan and Mike scenes and the funeral and stuff. Wow, so you really that, actually, was, you cried then? Yeah, that that yeah I did. <laughs> I was actually like really crying and it was I don't know but just those parts like the parts with. Lynette and, like, Lynette and, uh, you know, Gabby and stuff like that, they, they didn't hit me too, too hard, but... What did I miss? But I, I- I know. See, what? the thing is, Susie, Roxy and I both feel like maybe we're a bit heartless and there's something wrong with us because, honestly, it didn't – it just did not work for me. It Susan just, wasn't doing it for me tonight. I just didn't no. feel sympathy for her. Not, wait, you didn't, you guys didn't even cry during, or like, during the Mike and Susan parts and like, the no. funeral or anything? Well, mo- I felt worse for MJ. He lo- he just looked so confused the whole time. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I feel bad for I MJ because I hope he's going to get more acting jobs after this series ends. I know. So Why? Even- like, this is the first episode we've seen him in in so long. I it's know. ridiculous. It's true. And, in fact, but- I was telling Roxy, I think this may have been the first time we have seen MJ this entire season, right? I can't think of another I- time. And I don't know why that is, because I think he's a great addition to the show. I'm serious. He's I'm, so cute. Okay, now, and now you're going to cry. Now <laughs> now you're being, like, feeling emotional. Exactly. Well, no, but the little nine-year-old does it for me. I mean, here's this kid, and he's missing his father, and they totally, like, leaped over that part of the story. That should have been a huge part of tonight's episode. Instead, they have one little scene at a burger place where he says, Mommy, Daddy, what happens when people die? They go to heaven. And then Terry Hatcher gives a speech about how... He's at a burger place in heaven. It was like, for me, like, blah, blah, I heard that. Like, I'm, I'm a heartless bitch. <laughs> you are such a heartless person tonight. I know. I can't help it. Susie, Susie, <laughs> do, do you uh, agree with anything Roxy just said? Or do you think that the MJ's, uh, MJ's addition to the show I, worked? No, I, I do get what you mean, Roxy. I feel like maybe they could have made it a little bit deeper than just, like, at a burger place or whatever. That's what I'm I mean, saying. It was so surface level. Yeah, they should, yeah, maybe they should have been more. I, I do like, I like how with the flashbacks with Brie and Lynette, and Lynette's flash, yeah, flashback, or no, not Brie, uh, Gabby and Lynette's flashback, they included Mike in the, you know, they had Mike in the last, they each had three and then like, three little scenes or whatever, and they included Mike in um, in their last one. So I thought that was The nice. symmetry of it was nice. Yeah. I agree with um, that. When you asked me what my favorite part of the episode was, I, I kind of said something that they didn't really do. That was my favorite. But really what I should have said is the symmetry was nice. Everything was lined up well, ending with Mike, and the, everything came full circle, and it was clearly thought out. I just think it was poorly... Poorly acted. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Yes. So well, sue me. I mean, I love these actors. I love the show. I didn't think tonight's episode did the show justice. Yeah, and you know, and that's why. It shows what high standards I hold. Exactly. I was just going to say that. When you're invested in the show like we are, I think we expect the best. And so when we don't get what we feel is the best, then it doesn't. You know, we're we're a bit critical. Susie, thank you so much for calling in and uh, yeah. and sharing your thoughts. And next week, if you happen to watch next week's episode, you're welcome. We'll be and on that, at the same time. Yeah, definitely. And I'm I'm excited to watch the video on YouTube to hear your predictions because, I, like, I literally I have no idea what what's going to happen with Bree and like if Bree's just going to go to jail or what or like like I just I'm so excited to see what happens in the last. In the last few episodes. I know, I know. We're crazy. excited, too. We're we'll tweet excited. about it this week, Susie. Yeah. I'll be freaking out, too. Yeah. We'll be on Oh, Twitter. my gosh. So, well, I will again. talk to you guys later. Thank you so much for right. letting Thanks. me, you know, give my opinions. But, yeah, thanks for coming. Um, Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you. Thanks, Susie. I think there's something, by the way, in the studio that is making me allergic because my nose is totally running. So, for All right, me, Do you have allergies? I totally do. Maybe it's our mascot buzz. But as long as we're talking right, about Brie a little bit and going to jail and and keeping with the theme of flashbacks, what did you think about the flashback with her mom when she Brie, was a really the, tiny girl and the mom was making the pie? Right. Okay. I thought this was an interesting thing for them to throw in because it was the only one of the flashbacks that wasn't consistent with all the other females. Uh, Brie is more difficult because everybody else had flashbacks with their man. Bree's flashbacks were about Bree. One was with Rex, but she didn't have a consistent man that she's still with. Right. So they had to think of something different for her. So they have Bree as, I would say, about a eight-year-old child. Yeah. I would say about eight. And it was almost like the writers decided, okay, in this 30-second snippet, we're going to explain Bree to you and why she is the way she is. Because of this one moment as her as a child. To me, this was the most ridiculous part of the episode. I was like, but it, it, the, this was fairly well executed because it made sense with later on when she's being interrogated. I, I understood why they included this. It just was strange to me that the lesson they were trying to teach or what, what they wanted us to feel from this, were they trying to just show us who Brie was, why she is the way she is, or were they trying to, Tell us not to put masks on. You know what I mean? I couldn't tell what the point of this was. I think the problem is when you try to distill a character down into a 30-second experience, that it just comes off as kind of hokey and silly. And the whole mom scene did not work. In fact, I found Bree's mom to be a little creepy and freaky, but not unlike... But like she could have birthed Bree. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. And and I certainly have known plenty of women in in my life, who who have always said, well, you should never let people know when you're sad and you should always keep a stiff upper lip. And I'm sure we've all known people right, right. like that. But how much more powerful would it have been if they then, then, if they then jumped to a clip of Brie that we've actually seen before of her doing something and we were like, oh, that's why she did that. Now they're just making up a whole other storyline of her with Rex when – I'm positive they looked through all the footage. They definitely could have found a moment where Brie had a mask on. And then they just, in voiceover, would have tell, told the story? No, even if they jumped to that story and then jumped to real footage, you know? Like, if they're trying to explain these characters 
and that that was Bree's original backstory. They had all these had one original backstory, then jumped to footage, and then jumped to present day. Don't you think fans, though, get a little bit miffed when... Because what if people are thinking, oh, they're just using all this old footage and cutting it together? What, were the actors unavailable to shoot a new episode this week? What's the deal? You know, I mean, because people equally could have, people could have been equally dissatisfied with that method as well. And I could have been one of those people. So, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm just being a big shit talker tonight and and saying that. Can you even say that word on the air? I do it all the time. Oh, gosh. I'm still in Jersey Shore mindset. So, yeah, I'm drunk and I'm going to swear, okay? (laughs) No, but seriously, I think that you're right. There are, these final few episodes, it's going to be very easy to pick on because, Think about everything we have to wrap up. Somebody's going to go to prison. Somebody's going to die. Ugh. Somebody's going to win the lottery. Please let Brie Whatever not go to prison. Is. I hope that doesn't happen. Whatever it is, huge things are going to happen because this is it, folks. Like, we're down to the wire. So, yeah, I'm going to be nitpicky. And, yeah, I'm going to find issues. But it doesn't excuse the acting. And it doesn't excuse the writing. Yes, it can excuse some of the storylines. But the dialogue and the acting, aren't. it's not excusable. I totally agree, and we'll take a commercial break in a second, but I think think you're absolutely right. If this series, if we have more episodes, these final few episodes, if they're similar to the episode we saw tonight, this series is going to kind of fizzle out into the bland. I think we're going up. I hope so. I mean, after this week's episode, I think we can only go up, but I really want to see this series go out with a bang and remember these characters fondly, and I want Gabby to be funny, and I want people to be okay. I don't want to... Bree being behind bars. and no, We'll hear it after, Buzz. We're staying positive. Okay, we'll try to stay positive. We'll take a quick commercial break, and we'll meet you back here in a minute. After Buzz TV. Hi. I was once like you, a lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag coworkers about it at the water cooler. Then, I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzzTV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzzTV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after-shows, from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV aftershows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? Okay, so I have a couple things to say before we jump back into talking about this. Number one, tomorrow night, Dancing with the Stars. Our very own Maria Menounos is on. Got to call in and vote for her if you want her to stay on. She's working her butt off every single day. So if you love her like we love her, you got to call in for her and and show her the vote. Um, Awesome. So that's number one. And... Also, oh, our iTunes. I knew that Phil wanted me to talk about something else. Our iTunes. We, here's my spiel. We have been giving you guys free content this whole time. We love you. Listen to us. We love you guys. We love when you comment on our YouTube. It's awesome. 
but we need your help. We need the iTunes ratings and comments uh, because that's how we can keep doing this for you. So please go to iTunes, uh, give us the stars, write comments. Even if it's negative, constructive criticism, tell us what you want to see. Uh, tear me apart. Say you hate when I come on to the show and I'm drunk, and I'll do my best to stay sober for you, I swear. So make sure you're commenting on iTunes for us. We love comments, and you know what? We love comments. And so as long as people aren't being totally nasty, I think that disagreement and a lively discussion is much more interesting. Tell me that Terry Hatcher's performance was the best one you ever saw, and why? We'll tell you you're crazy, but you can share your (laughs) mind freely. Exactly. (laughs) That was it. Those are my plugs. Well, those are fantastic plugs. Thank you. I'm so excited for Maria Dancing with the Stars. I know. She's going to be great. We've been uh, filming a promo here, our video promo, saying, Team Manuff. You know, that's what they're called. Manunos. Manuff. Manuff. Team Manuff. Just can't get Manuff. You know, oh my just gosh, can't get enough? that's pretty bad. That's yeah, good. But no, I'll go with it's it. Amazing. I'll go with Okay, it's amazing. Okay, whatever. <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit about predictions. Good luck, Maria, on Dancing with the Stars tomorrow night. We will all be watching predictions for the show. Oh my gosh, where do we even begin? Okay. Here, here we begin. Yeah, this is what I have written down for previews because that's where all I can start. Okay. Gabby says she's getting a job. Because Carlos, whatever, the house insurance is gone, and now Gabby's getting a job. She can't get people. She cannot get a job. So, she okay. should go back to modeling. Uh, okay, so we have a handful of episodes left. Carlos is going to become a therapist, so next episode is going to open, and Carlos is going to be talking to someone while they're on a fainting couch. And Gabby's going to be at the, the local counselor. taco stand. <laughs> yes. She is not going to get a job. And then the series ends, and we think of their future together. They're lucky no. the series is ending because we don't want to see a poor Gabby Carlos, and that's where they're going to go. We don't want to see a single parent, Terry Hatcher, and that's where it's going to go. Totally. There, there's so many things. It's like, I don't want to see that, but it makes for a great ending. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Because a poor no. Gabby is a boring Gabby. But the ending, it's good. I, cut it off right before she gets there. No, it doesn't. Roxy, we can't, Desperate Housewives, you can't have people killing themselves all over America because they're, they've are they identified true. with these characters. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be one that's shred true. of hope oh, when this series is over. I know. Okay, that's true. When this, so Lynette and Tom getting back together, which we're predicting, is our bit of hope. I think Lynette and Tom can definitely offer a bit of hope. And throughout this entire process, these entire eight seasons, this show was such an unexpected hit. Eight years ago, when this first started, the pilot episode, very first season, it aired. There's Terry Hatcher naked in the shrubs in her front yard, and immediately they had a hit on their hands. Yeah. Because it... We've been talking about real life stuff that everyone deals with, and I can relate to plenty of the characters on the show. I mean, you know, I'm convinced I'm Lynette, and no, I'm kidding. No, I'm really not kidding. But I think that because people have, you know, infidelity and oh my gosh, suicide, rape, race, gender, gay neighbors adopting babies. I mean, all of this stuff murder. that happens in real life, God. we can each pick out like, oh, that's happened to me or oh, that's happened to someone I love. And that's what's great about the show. So if the series ends and everyone is dead and single and raising adopted babies or behind bars what does that leave us um that i'm not sure but it does bring up an interesting question what is that uh 
Andrew with his new fiance. Yeah, what was up with that? So uh, is that giving us a little bit of hope? <laughs> is, is he? Is that his beard? Is that's just confusion all around. He doesn't need a beard. Everyone knows he's gay. I think the worst thing in the entire world would be to come out of the closet and then find out that you were, or say that you weren't. Okay, I don't. I don't even know. Do you think this is a cover? Like, you know, he went through everything. He got kicked out of his house and everything, and then to say, "Never mind, just kidding." It seems really ridiculous. But I, I mean, I know people in real life who have come out and then said, "Oh, maybe I'm not gay." I, I mean, I don't know. And for me, there was never a question. It was never. It was just, you know. I, I don't understand how there could be. You, you know what you want. Yeah, exactly. And but, I, and, I so mean, Andrew's always seemed to know what he wants, and now that's his name, right? Andrew, Andrew. yeah, Bree's son. Um, and what and we're now, talking about is in in, yeah. <laughs> in tonight's episode. What the hell are they talking about? The tease for next week showed Andrew coming home and saying, "Mom, I'm engaged," and he's it's this beautiful woman, this woman standing next to him, and she was like, "Um, excuse me, I'm here. You're queer. I'm used to it." Which yeah. is an old play on we're here, we're queer, get used to it from the 80s or 90s. When was that, Matt? Who knows? It was before our time. But who knows? I mean, that's a li- little confusing. That's I thought here. it was very confusing. Oh, by the way, Andrew was engaged to a man at one point, right? Weren't they, or weren't they married? I think so. I think he was in a serious relationship. So much has happened in the past eight seasons where, and even tonight, I was so shocked you pulled out the name Rex. You were like, oh, that's Rex, Bree's ex-husband. And I was like, oh. Yes, it is. Yeah, mm, I knew that. Things go, I forget. People come, people go. People are married, then they're divorced. Rex should be cast on Desperate Douchebags because his character was a total douche in tonight's episode, saying, oh, you feel that way? That's stupid. Who says that? Desperate Douchebags is our show that we're planning. I know. (laughs) And by the way, Paul, we didn't even talk a little about news and gossip, so why don't we throw in some news and gossip here? Because I know we're all over the place tonight, but... There actually is a bit of music. Yeah. Um, And you have to fill me in because I've been... I was tweeting at you different trial updates, but I don't even know... Don't even worry about it. You've been in Cabo. You have better things to worry about than Mark Cherry. Yeah, but you can't tell because I'm still pale as this white thing next to me. Good thing you had sunscreen. Okay, well, folks, here is the deal. It was a big week in this Desperate Housewives trial that's been ongoing. If you've been watching the news at all, you know that there have been some pretty dramatic moments in the courtroom. Of course, last week, a week and a half ago, we had one of the witnesses on the stand who We're talking about Mark Cherry and Nicolette Sheridan. Exactly, exactly. And if you haven't heard about this lawsuit... A couple of things. First of all, where the hell have you been? Secondly, essentially the gist is Nicolette Sheridan is suing for $5.7 million. And what a sweetheart. Her team, well, what they're saying is that because of this incident that occurred on set back in 2008 with Mark Cherry, when he tapped her on the back of the head, he says for artistic direction, she says it was abuse. Right. Despite the fact that she didn't take an aspirin, she didn't go to the hospital, she didn't see a set medic. She appeared to be fine. She's saying it was abuse. That's what she's saying. Right. Well, then the, the big issue that is to be decided in court is whether or not her character was killed off as payback because of the way she responded to that incident. Right. Incident. So they're saying, was this a revenge firing by Mark Cherry? 
plenty of witnesses have testified that Mark Cherry had already discussed killing off her character. So her character, they say, Mark Cherry's team, they say she was a goner no matter what. Here's what what I think. What? Even if he just didn't like her and wanted her off the show and that was firing, fine. Fine by me. If the woman is crazy and she's a bitch and she's making your life hard, there are so many actresses that would work for free. You can hit them all you want. <laughs> no, really, don't do that. That's, that is abuse. But tap on the back of the head, that's fine. I will take your job in two seconds. Any other working actress would love to take that job. Fire her. If she's not grateful, kill her off. Well, one thing that's, that's my opinion really important it. to know, she made, Nicolette Sheridan made $4 million during her final season. So even though her character was killed off and she went packing, she got sent packing, she still made quite a bit of money, not to mention the money she's currently making from reruns, and she will continue to make on... She will continue and to make. And she's pissed because she can't get hired now because everybody in the business knows how badly she sucks. Oh my gosh, there are plenty of Lifetime movies that she will be starring in. Don't worry about that at all. Plenty of that. What okay, do I don't know, Paul Arrow. What's going on? So, um, and you know, it's a fun fact for you tonight, <laughs> Roxy. How much money do you think Desperate House- you. Housewives has made? Even, is anyone even paying attention? How much to money I'm has saying? Desperate Housewives made? How much has Desperate Housewives made since the beginning? Uh, what the show? The, the show. Yeah. How much money has the show? Uh, made? I don't know. Over a billion dollars. Yep. Yeah, they have. Over a billion dollars since season one. So this is a pretty big deal. And you know what? Nicolette Sheridan wants her little slice of the pie as much as she can eke out. But, gosh, we're all over the place. The jury is deadlocked. And they came back this week and they said, I'm sorry, we cannot reach a verdict. Nicolette Sheridan's team thinks that they're being a little more sympathetic to her. The the, The women on the jury outnumber the men. So that's important to know. By how much? I think it's nine to three. Nine women, three men. Enough of Nic- Nicolette Sheridan. One of the actresses from Desperate Housewives has already signed on for another ABC pilot. It's Vanessa Williams. Ooh, who and had no flashbacks or no, no screen time tonight. In so, this yeah. episode. The show is called 666 Park Avenue. And Vanessa Williams... The devil? Well, she plays the wife of a guy who owns a really famous building in New York City. And supposedly there's some supernatural something going on. But this is big news because she is the first actress who signed a deal. None of the other women on the lane have. And uh, Vanessa Williams signed a holding deal, a talent holding deal with ABC back in November. And it was just announced this week that uh, she's going to She seems to have no trouble finding work. Absolutely. She must be great to work with because she gets job after job after job. She's been very smart. She's got all of her stage work. Of course, before Housewives, Ugly Betty was canceled. It shocked a lot of us. But she... But she, she was great on it and... She was. She was phenomenal. Yeah. So, uh, who knows? Next week, maybe we'll have a verdict in this trial. I hope so, because frankly, I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm sure Mark Cherry is tired of going to court and dealing with this. Because so. he doesn't have other things to do. I'm sure he's, uh, he's just Not very busy guy, you know. So that's your news and gossip for this week. That was and, some good uh, ones. I, good, I like right? that. Well, let's wrap up the show, but uh, okay. but before we go, just a couple more predictions. I know we started chatting about this, but um, you think you have Carlos... to ask me questions because I can't even come up with predictions myself. Okay, right well, now. Three. after Buzz TV predictions. I think three is the big big question Ooh, is mark. That a new one? It looks like I know. I've never heard that sound effect before. That's pretty good. I like I like it. Uh, 
Is she going to end up behind bars? Because it sure seems to be going that way. Yeah. Plain and simple, yeah. Okay, moving on. I think um, so. Well, she can't go to prison right away because we heard them say tonight they're not going to arrest her right away. I think the last episode she'll be going away. Okay. And she'll take the rap for everybody and say it was 100% just her. Wow, okay. What about Renee and Ben? Wedding bells? Uh, I think they'll move t- to New York. I just thought of that on the spot, but I kind of think they will. <laughs> You're just making this stuff up now. Gabby and Carlos, will he really leave his job? Yep. Yep, I do think Okay, so. folks. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. Roxy is certainly um, checked out, so I might as well check out as well. Matt, thanks for coming in and being our silent guest in the Not studio. Not Paul, thank you for switching and doing the... And telling me to pull my shirt down. And, and being our wardrobe, you know, stylist. We appreciate Paul it. Paul everyone. No, seriously. I think this week I was a bit thrown off by this episode. Who the F-bombs knows what's going to happen in next week's episode. Because we're, but we're at ground zero, so the only place to go is up. I hope so. I hope so. I know so. We didn't love this week, but hopefully the next episodes will improve. Yep. So thanks so much for tuning in tonight. And if you have any thoughts about the show, you want to tweet at us, at Roxy Stryer, or at Derek Shore, or at, at AfterBuzz, uh, hashtag Desperate Housewives, then uh, we'll try to include your comments on next week's show. So for all of us here... Thanks. Enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, we'll see you back here next week. Same time, same place. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.